Texoma Pro was last week. What else going on? Bloodsport, CMLL, AEW, TNA sends a letter to who? It's all on the way. Coming up. Third League Radio. All right, so special request. Usually I start off and we get into it. But Cobain, take the floor because you've done something that none of us have done this week. You watched Osprey Oku. Yeah, so that was at uh, Revolution High Stakes 2024. This is a show they do every year. It's kind of like their uh, Revolution or Mania. <clears throat> and this show was approached kind of like old school. You know, the t- the headline of it was just Osprey versus Oku. A kind of an older or slower match from Osprey, really. I mean, it wasn't what you would think of a modern wrestling match. But anyway, the match starts out. Um, Oku comes out. He has a pretty cool jacket on. The commentary is really what sells this match. It, they were they were loud. They were passionate. They were in it. They made the call that I really liked, and I wrote down: Oku was the king of Revolution Pro Wrestling, and what is a king to a god? And when Osprey came out, they said he was the best professional wrestler in the world. Yeah. And they uh, also Oku has never beaten Osprey. They, he lost the last two times. Uh, the last match they had was two years ago. And uh, the story of that one, or a big story in that one was Oku's, one of his big moves is the frog splash. He can't, he couldn't hit it on Osprey their whole time they've worked together, not just two years ago. And uh, I'm going to talk about it more later when we get to uh, match of the week. But I just wanted to touch on some big parts of it. Osprey's heel work in this was incredible i mean i can't think of a different match or feud that i can really compare this to well he's got to get ready he's going into the don Callis family he's he's already a member of the don Callis, one of the top heel groups in aew so they've got to get ready they they actually got an aew chant at rev uh, pro going well because um, khan was there tony khan was there yeah so the commentary was talking about how oku couldn't reach osprey's level or that he wasn't ready or that he can't carry be this leader this big power that osprey was yeah and there's this cool spot where they i guess they knew that oku was going to start bleeding so they said and you know what happened with osprey what happened in japan and they're like he bled and they said yeah and he still came back here and did it can oku do that oh yeah right when he started bleeding so foreshadowing a lot of big moves in there they referenced what uh aj styles with the styles clash and it was from when aj styles won the rev pro title and it was also because of aj's influence on osprey there and then oku actually referenced osprey so they were like referencing the tree of people they yeah look up to where their influences came from but also the last 20 or so years in wrestling from aj to osprey to the future of guys like oku it's all right there in that one section yeah and this is a real passing the torch mat and it was just an amazing match this is third league wrestling radio getting a little bit closer to home tech soma pro had the Heartbreaker show on, uh, well, a couple days after Valentine's Day. And right at the start, I mean, okay, there was a lot of new people I hadn't seen that night. But right at the start, the Dynasty champion, Tommy Prince, he's taking on a guy called Caleb Riley. I'm not sure how long Caleb Riley's been wrestling. Watching him, you can tell 
high school wrestler, maybe college wrestler, something like that. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely got some moves. He really impressed me right at the start of the show. His moves, his haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely. wasn't at, actually at the show. Uh, Derek did watch say it on, watch uh, it online. You can watch it on yes. YouTube. Yes. Watch it on YouTube. I can encourage you guys. Once again, it's a local show. Expect that. But for a local show, it's a fantastic local show. Yeah, it yeah, really, no, really it's really always good. good. It's always good. Every time I've ever went, I've always uh, I've always had a great time. My kids have a great time at it, too. So just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah, but uh, also on the show, Kane Carter, friend of the show here. <laughs> he uh, teamed with his tag team partner, Devion Black, KOA, take on Rock and Rugged for the tag titles. Uh, ended in a DQ, so I expect that feud to continue. Uh, but another one, Tim Storm. He was going to take on the entire Gorilla Militia. He's tired of Gorilla Militia coming in, running all over Texoma Pro. He was going to take on the entirety of Gorilla Militia, but uh, only two showed up, really. I guess to make it more fair. Uh, so That's all good. Tim can take them all. Though. Yeah, Tim, uh, he was... Tim is well, the man. The, uh, the, the numbers and the size advantage kind of took, uh, well, kind of got the better of him. And then D'Lo Brown comes out, and D'Lo's like, no, no, we're not going to do this. I'm tired of you, Gorilla Militia. Good luck in your future. And, and then Tim cuts him off. He's like, no, no, don't fire these guys. Let me team up with this guy over here. He points to some guy. I don't know who he is. He looked like a mixture of Outrunners and Iron Savages. They didn't really announce him. He honestly could have fit in either in either group. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, he teamed up with Storm. So uh, that was a pretty good tag match. It's a great show. I went and watched the, everything on uh, YouTube. I would encourage you to go check that out as well. Texoma Pro Wrestling. Uh, go check it out on YouTube. They always do a fantastic show. Third League. Wrestling Radio. I wanted to talk about uh, a few things here. I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it. First up, the reports CMLL, AEW, Meltzer's reporting that the deal is not just AAA talent, but no Mexican wrestlers, regardless of where, the, where their company's from, they cannot be on the same show as CMLL wrestlers. Fightful came in, they say no just AAA wrestlers at least that's what uh, All Elite's telling them and All Elite points to Commander being on the show I think January 31st but uh, yeah what do you guys think of this? Meltzer sounds like he's getting fed bad information lately even more so than normal he's gonna eat you're gonna pick up five or two five to ten bad rumors a month and yeah, easily yeah. and it seems like all of them hit him all at once to be honest I, I mean I don't doubt that that would have had like that okay would be part of the stipulation i just don't believe that that's right i believe it's the triple a and i believe people are mixing it up because they're saying well they had triple a talent or cmll talent appeared when commander was wrestling it's like uh well they weren't wrestling but yeah. there's the stipulation was they both can't wrestle on the same show not being a person who watches cmll or AAA all the time and i'm not into the politics of mexican wrestlings but it seems that i wouldn't put that level of pettiness behind either AAA or cmll not being familiar i couldn't say for sure uh, but moving on to another quick hit item i guess i wanted to move on to tna the roster of TNA, uh, basically multiple members, they've all signed an open letter to Anthem. Say, uh, to, hey. To, directly to Lynn Asper. Yeah. 
saying, hey, we like Scott. Uh, we want him back. I mean, well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. There's a lot in the letter. I encourage you to go read it. But that's basically the gist of it. They Okay, they mentioned Anthem's contributions and that they wouldn't be here without Anthem and Scott. And they mentioned that they need a wrestling mind. And then they said, while we do not know the, the reasons for termination of Scott, we do also believe that he is the best fit for our company and to propel us to keep yeah. the future of TNA. Because right now, they basically just killed it like they have no future right now no they just i mean you want to take a lesson in how to kill every bit of momentum you had look at that look at what they will literally be gone within a year unless the aspers just keep financing it i don't know there had to be something because scott pulled tna from the mud i mean impact wrestling i don't i hate to use the terminology dead in the water but there wasn't much going on there scott scaled everything back he ran on a skeleton budget for a while on a skeleton crew and he slowly over time changed the culture changed the direction made everything great with it again and then he's gone recently he's been asking for more budget and they told him no and he keeps asking and they keep telling him no he knew of that he was going to get fired so he tried to buy the company after he knew he was going to get fired yeah well, apparently that's not the first time Scott's tried to buy TNA either. Uh, so maybe that's it. Maybe they're just, they don't want the well, hassle of trying to deal with the hostile takeover environment kind of a thing. This is Third League Wrestling Radio. Uh, but moving on to, uh, well, another topic that interested me when I saw it. Uh, with, well, with the announcement of Bloodsport X, Bloodsport 10 coming up uh Mania weekend in Philadelphia. Bloodsport's always been a, a, a cool event for me. It's if you're not familiar with it, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Basically, it's uh, a work shoot style kind of a. Uh, you can only win by submission or knockout. They take the ring ropes off the ring. It's very cool, very very unique thing. I think WWE tried to copy a little bit of it with Underground at, at one point. I think that might have been what it was called, Battle Underground, something like that. Battle Dome. Uh, wait, but Battle Dome was something else. You're thinking of Battle Dome with, uh, you know, uh, Terry Crews? Yes, yes. But, uh, you know, I've always liked Bloodsport. The Josh Barnett, Davey Boy Smith Jr. match. That is one you should go watch if you want to know, like, what Bloodsport is. I know when we were in Dallas uh, recently for Ring of Honor, Josh Barnett was there. He took on Claudio, didn't he? Or am I thinking of something yeah. else? Yeah, yeah, that was the... And Josh great, Barnett... Great match challenged Claudio in that match which meant to me because after the match he gets on the mic and says I challenged you a little bit which meant to me that he worked him he actually put a little bit of shoot into there and that's kind of what you get in Bloodsport but there was an announcement of a match coming up I got a couple things on this Bloodsport I want to talk about but at the GCW Bloodsport 10 in Philadelphia Mania weekend I don't know how this match is going to work on the Bloodsport style but I'm I'm really excited to see it. Nick Nemeth versus Mike Bailey. It's going to be fun. I mean, Bailey knows how to work GCW, okay. yeah, but I'm I'm concerned on how Nick Nemeth is really going to move into it. This is one of his first matches back. Not his first, but one. Well, you know, without the ropes is going to be the interesting part for both of them, I think. But it, this is an American show. It takes... A certain kind of fan to like a blood sport. 
I would like a blood sport. I'm sure people who like listen to the show would like a blood sport, but something was just announced in coordination with this that I think, well, Japanese fans are going to eat up. Bloodsport is going to make its Japanese debut, Ryo Goku, Bloodsport Bushido. It's going to take place on June 22nd. Already, Josh Barnett, Minoru Suzuki. That could literally just become a shoot fight. That could just literally become Pancrase. That could be so fun. It feels weird to have that show and not have Shibata there. Hopefully he's on commentary or something because we know he can't work that. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't seen a blood sport, I encourage you to go check that out. Third League Wrestling Radio. I want to talk about this. What the f*** is going on with WWE's booking right now? Think about this. Triple H comes out and says all this stuff indirectly about The Rock and saying how we're not doing Rock versus Roman. It's Cody versus Roman. Decisions go through me, and if you don't like that, blah, blah, blah. This week, we got a whole lot of horse crap from Rock on promo. Okay, this is something... He didn't... None, nothing of storyline made sense. The only things that did the make only, sense were insults towards Utah. The only thing it could do was set up for Cody's response. But here is the answer no, to your question. He didn't He didn't respond to anything. There's no, no, but Cody is going to respond. He, he didn't respond to Triple H. Response. But what I'm saying is they saw the Vince McMahon debacle. They That's not my point. No, but this is where I'm getting to. Let me explain. They saw the Vince McMahon debacle. They jumped into this whole thing. Then they pivoted when the fans didn't like it. And then they still wanted to try to do something. And then it gets all into this throwing everything together, changing. But it shows in the pr- that you have no idea where you're going with it. And that's what you're seeing is they have no idea where they're going with it. Exactly what I was. You teed me up for that one. Because <laughs> that's really what we're talking about. It's the rock show, and it and it's very sloppy. It's all put. To, it's all slammed together. It is because it's they very just had to throw and it it's very noticeable. The rock is not prepared. He flubbed several lines during the kickoff party thing that yeah. I'd like to mention as well. Um, it's he's. I, I think I think he's high on his own supply, as the kids say. <laughs> I think that's what's going on there. And then the other piece of it. There's not really a solid show like for the rest of the people. It's really like, honestly, their focus is rock, 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 mm-hmm. Roman, 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 Cody, 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 yeah. Seth sometimes, and nobody else. I mean, that's really the focus that they're going with right now. There's yeah. just nothing. There's nothing there. You're waiting on the rock. Mm-hmm. That's it. So if, uh, I mean, if you want to call that good booking, that's great booking for three people. <laughs> Fantastic job booking three people. But uh, what about the rest of the roster? There's no there's no mid-card stories. Logan Logan Paul doesn't have anything of substance. Gunther doesn't have any direction of where he's going. We're just wondering when he's going to drop it. Yeah. Or if he's going to at all. There's the our truth is carrying the in an hour, thirty minutes of the show, because if we're not if we're not waiting for a rock, we're hoping we see something with our truth because that's the point of what we're getting to. Damian Priest, the, the the Judgment Day has been nothing since Dominic and Rhea uh, died down a little bit. Yeah, and our truth has been the only light on any show 
other than Cody Rhodes and the main people you're talking about. You're listening to Third League Radio. Well, on to, I guess, a new segment before we get into our match of the week and before we close it out looking ahead. Maybe it's a new segment. I don't know. I thought of this through something in the group chat the other day. It kind of just was a skipped over thing, but I kind of thought, what if? You know, like the good side of internet conspiracies, the what if. So the thing that made me think about this, Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar, according to the internet, was supposed to be the antithesis of Yoda. He was being drunken master the whole time. He was stupid on purpose. Every time you see him take out 25 guys by doing something crazy, he meant to do it. That's the internet theory. Quick one on this one. There's two prevalent theories about him being smarter than advertised. One is basically the Jackie Chan drunken master type Mm -hmm. thing you're talking about. There's a second there's a second version of this one that's darker where he's actually a Sith Lord. Yeah, and he's and he's like been the puppet master all along. Exactly. Exactly. And one day he's gonna walk out from the shadows and say it's it's a me. And that's the one I wanna touch on. That is what I'm thinking here when I ask this what if. What if, when our truth is done and he's ready to retire, he wins the World Heavyweight Championship by pulling off the mask and showing us the greatest ruse of all time? He's been Jar Jar this whole time. He's been Drunken Master. He goes just completely opposite of him. He goes completely serious, almost psychotic Marvel villain, and just straight out... I won this championship by Terrorizes playing the long everyone. game. Exactly. Terrorizes every, On his way everyone out, scared. Just makes it the best twist ever. What do you think? Only the funniest guy like that can Could pull, pull it off. off. Exactly. That's that's my main thinking, and I've been thinking this for years. Like, have him come up as like you know what he did in TNA. Yeah. Like that character. Like do that character. NWA but like turn, champion. NWA champion. Yeah. Turn it. Turn it up to twelve. Exactly. Because he could do it. Oh yeah, I mean, not not many people could pull off the switch. He could do it. He could he could do the switch. He could completely make it believable. <laughs> yes, he, uh, he is he is far beyond more talented in the ring than anyone gives him credit for. What is he now? He's like got to be in his late forties, early fifties. Oh yeah, fifties. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's moving. This guy is moving. Is and he's still uh, no, a he's young still thirty good. year old. Yeah, if not better. Oh no, he's still. Rob Van Dam and him, like a couple of these older guys who stay in shape all the time, Billy Gunn. Yep. No, definitely all can learn well. And so with him, he's great on the stick, always what? has been, but he can flip, he can go back and forth, but he is the funniest he's thing. Not he gonna takes get, it so like, serious. Maybe he doesn't get a, a, a world heavyweight title, a WWE title, right? But Something. A, like even the Intercontinental, Intercontinental Championship title. run, a United US States title. run, but a serious one. Yeah, where he just completely even a, ta- flips even it. a tag title where they just basically just ride roughshod over everybody. Yeah. Completely flips the Be script fantastic. on him. Fantastic. The Rock Show, Rock and Wrestling Radio. Match of the week. Got to move on to match of the week now. I got to be completely honest here. I have got uh, honorable mention and a match of the week, but only because I did not watch Osprey Oku. I believe just from some of the things I've seen, just from some small clips and things. That would have been my match of the week had I seen it. But going with what I've seen, my honorable mention has got to go to Moxley and Dax Harwood from Dynamite. That 
was so fun. It was so fun. Oh, no, no. The Valentine's Day edition of Dynamite. Mox runs out there, kisses Harwood just to to piss him off, and Harwood gets mad and runs out there, plants a big one right on Mox before just socking him right in the grill. Loved it. Perfect. What's funny is I thought they bit each other there. I totally forgot it was the Valentine's edition, and (laughs) that's what they did. Well, that makes more sense. I don't like the biting or the nail rake spots. Yeah, okay. I will give you the nail rake spot. That is a little bit too much heart-shaped bed vibrating kind of a thing. And, you know, it's not uh, not for me. My honorable mention was the main event of that show, Orange Cassidy versus Matt Taven. That leads me to my match of the week because I have I have never thought of him in a match of the week type of way. But, like you said, Matt Taven, Orange Cassidy from Dynamite. I mean, I didn't watch Orange Osprey Cassidy Oku. can wrestle when he wants to. I didn't it's watch Osprey his, Oku. This has his to be my character match is, is his character is meant to be what it is. He's, yeah, yeah, he's for TV. He's for the crowd. He's for the casuals. And many people didn't think he was going to work. Tony Khan trusted him. Proved Bischoff. Proved Meltzer wrong. And they proved to people who say he can't wrestle because yeah. he wrestled in that match. All right, so what is your match of the week, Cobain? Of course, we all know what it is, but tell us about it. Well, it was Osprey and Oku, and there is a lot, uh, a lot to talk about. Um, primarily, Osprey's heel work. Um, he did a lot with the blood. He got Oku's blood on his hand, moved it around his head, or like rubbed, you know, rubbed it on his face. He uh, did Kawada kicks to get blood on his kick pad, and then he licked it off his kick pad. Mm. There was a spot where um, Oku was on the apron. He looked knocked out. Uh, his wife, her name was Queen Amira, I think. She looked like she was going to throw the towel in early, and he was saying no. And then Osprey comes over, grabs the towel, tries to dip it in the blood that's no. coming out of his forehead, and then throws it at her. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then later... Uh, towards the end, there's this spot where Oku really wanted to make this match. He took a Tiger Driver 91, the mm. same thing that he did to Kenny at uh, Forbidden yeah. Door. Mm. And then Oku did this thing. Okay, so imagine imagine Osprey has Oku up for a tombstone, okay? Okay. It was like a tombstone hurricane run a driver. Like, yeah. wrapped cool. his legs around and then just... Used the momentum to sling him forward and hit the top of his head on the canvas. Mm. Uh, Osprey tapped out to the Boston Crab or half leg crab, but it was a full half leg crab. He bent all the way down back to his back and then put his foot on Osprey's thigh and pushed. And we have a new god of Revolution Pro. Third League Wrestling Radio. Let's move ahead. Let's talk about what's coming up. Elimination Chamber. Let's do some predictions. We got Tag Team Championship first. Undisputed Tag Team Championship. New Catch Republic taking on Judgment Day. Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn, Damian Priest, Finn Balor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise on this one. I'm going to say New Catch Republic wins. I'm going to say Judgment Day drops the titles. Yeah, I mean, they have to. Uh, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate have to win the titles here. It's kind of teed up for them to do it. And if Triple H isn't going to pull the trigger on DIY, he's definitely pulling the trigger here. There's definitely more story with Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate here. Plus, I think there's going to be something with R-Truth there that costs them the title. 
uh, just on accident. Yeah, could be, could be. Sets up some R Truth uh, JD McDonough story, uh, R Truth JD McDonough match, maybe. Yeah, so clearly uh, Becky Lynch wins the chamber. There's only a couple names, and actually every name in. Well, no, there's a surprise entrant, but I still think no matter who it is, I think it's going to be Becky Lynch gets the win on that one. I, I, I liked the women's chamber because I think there's a couple like dark horse names in here like Liv Morgan and Naomi and Tiffany Stratton that I could physically I mean I probably don't see Tiffany Stratton winning, winning but I could see Naomi or Liv Morgan winning, winning for some reason they weren't going with Becky Lynch or Bianca Belair um, so men's chamber I had a problem with the men's chamber because you're not putting the right people in it Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley do not need to be in this chamber. I was going to say, why is Bobby Lashley they in have there? No reason not- to, they have no reason to be in the world title picture right now. Randy Orton should not be working a chamber. Well, see, that's why I'm saying they're going to start a feud in the match. But there's, you don't need to put them in the chamber for that. You kind of do need to put them in the chamber for that. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. Once again, um, somebody accidentally hitting someone. That's, yeah. that's all the hallmarks of starting a feud that's based off nothing at that point. So when when you want to start up, you can start up like four or five feuds in, in a, a good in a rumble match, match like, or in yeah. a rumble match in a in a cell match, like any of that stuff. War games. So the women's world championship match. I think I, I, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but I'm thinking we all think Rhea Ripley's gonna win this one. But man, there's a part of me that what I'm WWE sa- gonna do what WWE does, and I'm thinking. There's a slight chance Nia Jax may go over. No. No, she's winning for the hometown crowd because they don't have any other hometown talent on that show because they are stupid and don't want to put Bronson Reed in the chamber for everything that he's worked for. Instead, they put Bobby Lashley in, who is already in feuds instead of putting Bronson yeah. Reed in feuds in his hometown and putting him over now you're giving him nothing he's left in nothing and now you're, you're giving seeing, big man Jonah nothing but you're, you're giving it to Bobby Lashley I've seen my entire life but you're saying WWE it's okay WWE gonna do what WWE do we're supposed to talk about this you're saying it's okay <laughs> I'm not saying it's okay I'm just saying that's what they gonna do alright so there's our predictions that's this week's show we'll see you next time third league radio